Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Always such a joy to be uh, at uh, Decatur, Alabama. I think, honestly, um, I don't have um, friends like your pastors. I believe they're, they're, they're just very special to my life. They've walked through every season in my life. So you are very blessed to have your pastors. Can I, can I tell you, you need to, you need to learn or go back to honoring them and never being familiar with them. Cause oftentimes when they're close to you, you don't value and you don't appreciate what you have. But I can tell you as my husband went to be with the Lord, you never know when God is going to call them home. And so I just want to challenge all of you. If you have left that place of value and appreciation towards your pastors, God wants to restore that in your heart today. Amen. I'm so grateful to both of you. Thank you for having me. I never take the pulpit lightly. And Pastor Sawyer, you're just, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. So thank you. I love you. I love you dearly. Can we just stand real quick? I know you're seated already, but we're going to pray. Yes. I believe that God has a word for all of us. It is a word for every single person. It doesn't matter what season that you're in or how anointed you are or how much glory you carry. We never graduate from the word I'm going to preach today. Never. You will never graduate from it. You will never master it. I believe that God has destined this moment for you and I. Because as we walk through the darkness, there's going to be a generation that will overcome everything in their lives. So I want you to just lift your hand up and can you just agree with me today? Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for this Sunday. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. And Father, we just declare today, Father, that you are going to manifest yourself in such a deep love today. Father, that you would usher every person, Father, that today would be the day that you would usher them into your love. That they would be baptized in your love. That they would feel a deep God today. That they would come, Father, from a place of religion and slavery, God, to a place of sonship. I pray, Father, that you would shift them, God. Shift their heart. Shift their mind. Shift their soul, God. And I pray, Father, that you would remove the veils, God. And today that your people would be free of every spirit of orphanhood, God. And, Lord, that they would enter into true sonship. I pray, Father as they do inheritances will be released over their lives. I pray Father that every word that I speak is full of your glory. It is full of power. It is full of your anointing. It is full of healing God. Healing power as I'm speaking. Healing will begin to manifest into the heart that the word will go in God like a cleansing agent. That the word will go in God like a double edged sword. That your word will be a hammer God to chip away and tear down God every spirit of orphanhood God every spirit of slavery and every religious spirit that has taken root because of the past God Father I pray for your people today open their eyes so they can see in the spirit open their ears so that they can hear what the Father is saying this morning God like daughters and sons that sit on a father's lap 
Father, I pray a manifestation of your love in this place that there will be a new baptism, that the relationship with the Father will begin to transition. Father, I thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, run the heavens, God, and come down like Isaiah said. Run the heavens and come down and let your people encounter you, God, in such a deep and such a profound way today. I thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Amen and amen. I want to talk to you and just stay standing real quick after we read the scripture. You may be seated in the house of God if you don't mind. But I want to talk to you out of the topic of walking in the darkness with the fatherhood. I want to talk to you about how to defeat every spirit of orphanhood in our lives. This is a topic that is very dear to my heart. At the age of 16 years old, the first characteristic that that I encountered of God was the fatherhood. Shout fatherhood. I want us to read Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. And if we can read it out loud, that would be great. Are you ready? This is the New King James Version. Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. And the word of the Lord says as follows. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed or the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of the son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through all things. There are things in your life that God wants to release. And not until You break every spirit of orphanhood in your life and enter into the full revelation of the paternity of the father. It cannot be released. So I believe that in this hour, God is restoring not only our first love, our passion and our fire as we encountered on Friday and Saturday. But I believe that one of the things that God wants to restore to the body of Christ is sonship. You being a true daughter and you being a true son. When you are restored to that, I believe you will be able to conquer everything. Let me say this. You never graduate from what I'm going to preach. You never master it. You are not at a point in your life that you have so many years in God that you never need it again. This will be the area that will be most attacked in your life. And lastly, I'll say this before you sit down. Jesus said as follows, and God has told us time and time again. He said, in the last day, he said, I will restore the hearts of the fathers back to the son and the son back to the father. It is the desire of God that this morning you have a deep, profound encounter with the fatherhood of God. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Let me give you this principle first and foremost. When you look at the prophetic books in the Old Testament, 
The prophetic books start with the book of Isaiah. Can you say Isaiah? The prophetic book in the Old Testament, which starts with the book of Isaiah, and the last prophetic book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Can you shout Isaiah? And can you shout Malachi? And the first prophecy that we see by God is as follows. I am the father and I have created sons. And he says, but the sons have rebelled against me. And of all the prophecies, the first prophecy found in Isaiah and the last prophecy found in Malachi are summarized as follows. There is a father who wants to get close to his sons. And he says, I want you to see me as a dad. I want you to see me as your daddy. And I want you to understand that you are my sons. In the book of Malachi, you can read chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. It says he's turning the hearts of the fathers back to the sons. And the sons back to the father. And God was saying something to you and I. That in the last day... Because darkness will get darker. He says, I need to restore the sons back to me. God was saying he needs to restore our sonship so that we can become heirs of all that God has for us. If we do not understand what we're, what I'm preaching today, if we do not have an encounter with the paternity of the father, this goes from you knowing it in head knowledge to having an encounter with him. If you do not, then the last days are going to be very hard for you. That's why many of you have gotten stuck in problems. You got, un, you got tangled up in a situation. And all you see is darkness because you have not encountered the fatherhood. Every person that walks in the darkness with their dad in heaven will overcome the darkness. Will overcome every situation in their lives. The Bible says in Hosea, write it down. You could go home and read it. Isaiah, Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. Hosea 11 1 says, I see you as my kids. When God delivered Israel from Egypt, he says the following. I'm calling my kids back home. He says to us, I taught you. I taught you how to walk. Look at how he describes Israel. He said, I taught you how to walk. And he gives us this picture of an image of a daddy. He said, one day you will know that I was like a dad guiding you by the hand. And this was the error, the mistake that Israel made. They saw God as an almighty God. They saw God as a miracle working God. They saw God that can open the Red Sea. But they failed to see God as a dad. Shout daddy. Israel did not see God as a dad. Therefore, they got lost in a wilderness. It's possible for us to get lost in a wilderness because we failed to see God as daddy. That was the mistake of Judas Iscariot. The reason why he betrayed the master is because he failed to see God as daddy. He wanted, he wanted, he didn't want that kind of relationship. But can I tell you, we do the same thing. We fail to see God as daddy. We have no problem seeing God as healer. We have no problem seeing God as an almighty God, as a powerful God. If I said today, how many of you know that God is all powerful? All of you would shout amen. 
But many of us have failed to see God as daddy. Shout daddy. Jesus said as follows. He said, my food is to do the will of my father. He was saying to us, my identity comes from me being a son and God being my father. He could do nothing, he said, separate from my father. He said, I only speak what I hear my father say. I only do what I hear my father say. When the disciples asked him, how shall we pray? He, he didn't start the prayer with God. He said, our father. Because that is where his power began to flow. The reason why Jesus was able to do miracles, signs and wonders and resurrect the dead. It wasn't just the power that was over him. The power that was over him flowed from his position as a son. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Your life will be broken, fragmented until you embrace the fatherhood. Your life will struggle as a Christian. As a believer, until you embrace the paternity of the father. Every human uh, being has a desire. And that desire that God put in us, it is the deepest cry of our spirit. God put it in our spirit to long for the touch of a daddy. Shout daddy. Human affection cannot fill that void. Human touch and human intimacy cannot fill that void. The primary, write this down, the primary emotional need that we have is the Father's love. You need the Father's love. You need to live in the Father's love. As a matter of fact, your spiritual life is determined by the revelation of the Father that you have. And the relationship that you have with Him. Show me your revelation of the paternity of God. Show me the revelation and the encounters that you have on a daily basis with the Father. Shout Father. And that determines the level of spiritual walk that you have. Jesus understood this. Our lives will constantly be broken until we embrace the Father. When we are under the spirit of orphanhood. Or we are not walking in the fullness of our paternity. We're not stepping into the fullness of the love of the Father. What happens to us is we start to walk in orphanhood. And we don't even realize it. Orphanhood is real. We feel like orphans although we've been saved. It's possible to live in a place of salvation. Yet still feel like an orphan. It's possible for us to be saved. Understand that God is powerful and he's almighty. Sing the songs, go to church and serve him. Yet not walk in our God-given sonship position. Sonship is not an emotion. Sonship is a position. As a matter of fact, it is one of the most diabolic weapons that the enemy uses against us. It is the weapon of choice that hell uses against you and I. And when we carry orphanhood or we are living like slaves, although we are heirs, as Galatians says, our relationship with the father is not functioning correctly. So we start to lose our passion. We start to grow cold. We go through motions and we wind up being religious believers. And that is not what God wants for us. Let us not become like Israel and let us step into sonship. You know who the first orphan was? Satan. 
He did not want relationship with God. He wanted power. He wanted position. And it's possible for us to be in the church and try to serve God. Yet our motive is not relationship with the father and something else is motivating us. But the sons and the daughters want and their essence is to be with the father more than position. More than anything, you want to be with the father. You want to delight in the father's presence. This diabolic attack, shout orphanhood for me please. Orphanhood, slavery is one of the most diabolic attacks against us. You will battle it for the rest of your life. You will never graduate from it. It happened to Jesus. The first words that his father said when he was getting baptized. This is my son whom I am well pleased and has not done a single miracle. Has not performed any miracles yet. Has not saved anybody. Yet the father was pleased. And then the Bible says that after that, he was led by the Holy Spirit into a wilderness, into a desert. And the first thing that the enemy does is he attacks what God has just told him. If you are the son of man, then do turn these stones into to bread. You know why Jesus did not do that? It wasn't because he didn't, he couldn't do it. The reason why he did not do that is because he understood sonship. That the son doesn't have to do to be. It is time that you walk in the fullness of being a daughter. In the fullness of you being a son. Amen. That is where his power was flowing. Because he had such a revelation of the fatherhood. Now, when we carry orphanhood. When we are living in a state of slavery and we don't even know it, it produces emotions. It produces feelings. Sometimes we don't understand where these feelings are coming from. But I'm going to just give you a few. When we walk in orphanhood and when we walk as a slave and not in the paternity of the father and we haven't received the fullness of the fatherhood, what happens is we feel like we lack value. We don't feel very valuable. Sometimes a spirit of fear will come knocking at our door, bringing rejection to us. Rejection is only a sign that you need to be touched by the father. The spirit of fear and anxiety come into our lives. You know why? Because it is a diabolic attack to attack the fatherhood. We start to self-protect. Have you ever met somebody who protects themselves? And they protect themselves to such a degree that they don't let anybody in. We start to find security and other things. We replace the fatherhood. Paul describes it like this. Read with me Romans chapter 8 verses 15 to 16. Out of the New King James Version. And the word of the Lord, if you can read it out loud with me, I so greatly appreciate it. It says as follows. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we really are children of God. Here's the problem with believers. You have no problem shouting amen to the grandness of God. But you have a problem with the characteristic of the fatherhood. I'm going to tell you the following and I need you to write it down. The sonship 
is a position. It is a stance. It is the place that will be most fought in your life. It is the position of authority. What gave Jesus so much authority and so much power that sickness obeyed him. That demons obeyed him. Before he even gets off that boat, there are demons in a legion that's already screaming. What do you want with me, son of man? You know what gave him authority and what gave him power? It was his stance and his position as a son. His place, his position gave him confidence. It is a place that Satan hates when you walk in it. It is a threat to him. He doesn't mind you coming to church as long as you walk out and by Monday you feel like the father's not with you. He doesn't mind you serving him. And then all of a sudden by Tuesday, you're wondering where God is and questioning why he has not answered you. That is not a threat to the enemy. What is a threat to the enemy is when you step out of here, you walk with the confidence knowing that your father has you, that you are in the hands of your father, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that he's always available, that he's a good papa, that he's a good daddy, that you're loved by him, that he's got a plan and a destiny for you your life that threatens him that on Monday you could be facing the worst storm of your life but you could face it with confidence because you know Papa's got your back because you know Papa's got you because you know Papa is holding you by the hand amen he hates when you walk in it that's what was fought in Jesus's life if you really are the son of man that's always going to be your fight if it happened to Jesus it's going to happen to us and it is there That we begin to fulfill the purposes of God. We begin to advance the kingdom of God. I heard a story because this intrigued me about the spirit of orphanhood. I began to study since I was like 17 years old. And I heard a story about an orphanage. And there was this big orphanage. And in that orphanage there was a room with about 50 cribs in that room. And the director was giving a tour to this gentleman who was there to adopt a child. And he noticed that there was a dark room. And there were about 50 cribs there. And the room was governed by silence. And so the gentleman that was there to adopt a child asked the director, Are these children dead? Because they look lifeless. Are they alive? And the director responded to that man, Yes, you can get near them. And the gentleman got near him, but he noticed that they were all awake. They really were alive, but they wouldn't cry anymore. They wouldn't cry out. And so he asked the director, he said, why do these babies not cry? And the director's response was as follows. The children only cry out when they know that they are heard by their fathers. And once the child feels that they're not seen and they're not heard by their father, they start, they stop to cry out. These children have cried a lot, but they stopped a long time ago because they have not heard or felt the father's touch. A lot of believers have stopped crying out because you think the father has not heard you. A lot of believers have stopped crying out in desperation. Because you think the father is not answering. But today the Lord comes to break every spirit of orphanhood in our lives. Amen. Amen. It is the goal of our enemy to take us out of this position. 
It is the goal of the enemy to use anything in your life to pull you out of this position. You can either, right now, you're either walking as a true son, a true daughter, or a slave, or an orphan, or you have fallen into religion. So that's where Satan will attack you the most. If you really are a daughter, then why are you going through this? If you really are a son, then why did God permit that? If you really are a daughter of God, then why have you not conquered that? If you really are a son of God, then why did you have to go through that as a child? It's always questioned. It's always attacked. And you must recognize the voice of orphanhood. You must recognize the voice of religion so that you go back and take your position as a daughter and a son. There are symptoms to orphanhood. Can I give you a few? How do I know that I am walking as a true son and a true daughter? Because when I walk as a daughter, when you walk as a daughter and you walk as a true son, it gives you authority. It gives you a place of so much confidence where you begin to operate in miracle signs. That is a place that Jesus operated from. A son, write this down, a son wants to be with their father. That is their essence. If you struggle to pray, you have fallen out of sonship. If you struggle to get into intimacy with God, it's because you need to be restored to the paternity of the father. Because there's something, there's an essence to a son. There's an essence to a daughter. They want to be with their father. They want to spend time with their father. Nobody has to tell us to go and be with the father. We want to spend time with our daddy, with our papa. That is our essence. And when we are no longer desiring that, it's because something in your life knocked you out of that position. It made you question who you were. Maybe you lack value. Now religion, listen to me, the essence of a son wants to be with God. But religion does things for God. I'm going to say that again. When you are walking in religion, you do things for God. But the son wants to be with God. There's a big difference. There's a lot of people that are doing things for God. And you think that it's a tally mark to get close to God. But the father says, if you don't do a single miracle, if you don't do anything for me, I still love you. I accept you. That's why he told Jesus, this is my beloved son, whom I'm so well pleased. You don't have to do anything. I just love you. The religion won't do that. Religion wants to do things for God because that makes them feel better. But today you're going to break religion. Amen. So what are these symptoms? I only have four for you. There's a lot more. But can I give you some symptoms to know if we are walking in orphanhood or not? Can you be honest with yourself this morning and not stare at somebody or nudge somebody? Can you just evaluate yourself as Jesus said and we talked about it on Friday. Watch, evaluate yourself and be true to yourself and really evaluate, hey, do I have this? The first, I, I, I want to say this before I give you the symptom. Everybody knows the story of the prodigal son, correct? In that story, they're both orphans. It's not just one. But both of them have orphanhood. The first, the first son wants to be away from their father because he's dissatisfied at home. And he thinks there's something better outside of his father's house. We understand the obvious. 
He was a prodigal. He didn't understand the paternity of a father. But the other son who stayed with his father, when the son or the brother comes home, he's mad, he's jealous, he feels less than. And he says, but father, why haven't you killed the best cat? And he said, son, everything I have has always been yours. He was an orphan. It's possible to be in the church and you're not a prodigal. You didn't go to the world. You're still here even after the pandemic, but you're carrying around an orphanhood spirit. You know what orphanhood is? If I can define it, write it down, please. Orphanhood is when Satan succeeds to affect your relationship with Abba, with father. It is something that came into your life to affect the closeness between you and Abba. There are many facets to God. There are many names to God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. But today he wants to restore the characteristic of paternity called the father. It is when something comes into your life, this orphanhood spirit. It happens to us when something came in. Uh, an abandonment. An abuse. Or maybe something you went through or are going through right now. And it's just affecting now how close you are to the father. You know what orphanhood does in our lives? It corrupts us. And it corrupts our purpose. There are people that want position. There are people that want to be used by God. But your purpose is so corrupted. And not until you remove that orphanhood spirit. You're going to be corrupted in purpose. And you're going to end up hurting other people. But when you walk like a son. Your motives are not corrupted. You have a pure motive. And so what does orphanhood do? It corrupts my purpose. It corrupts my identity. It affects my relationship with the father. I start to waste time. It affects even my inheritance. Each symptom I'm about to give you has a root. So I want you to look at the root. I want you to see the symptom. But some of them have fruit. So the first one I'd like to suggest to you. The first symptom of orphanhood is insecurity. Insecurity. Do you battle insecurity sometimes? The root of all insecurity. I'm going to give you the root of insecurity. It is a desire to please man rather than God. That is the root of all insecurity. Insecurity is nothing less than lack of confidence. Uncertainty. Did you know anxiety even about yourself is insecurity? When you're anxious... It's you're scared, afraid of the future. You're attacked by fear. Attacked by fear is nothing more than insecurity. But insecurity has fruit. So what is the root of insecurity? Is the desire to please man rather than God. And then it's got fruit. Shout fruit. What is the fruit of insecurity? You start to compare yourself. You have low self-esteem. You have rejection issues. You feel condemned most of the time. The accuser of the brethren is pointing his finger and saying, this is why you're going through this, because look at what you did. It wants acceptance. That's insecurity. It wants to please man. It operates through pride and conceit, fame, money, reputation. You avoid rejection at all costs. Legalism. You'll do anything not to be rejected. You feel like you're incapable, unable, incompetent. You feel like you have to compete. You're jealous of other people because you want the approval. And that is nothing less than the spirit of religion. 
And when you are insecure, you have to talk about others to make yourself feel better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the approval of man is nothing more than the disapproval of God. John chapter 12, verse 43. It says as follows, John 12, 43. I'll read it to you out of the NIV. It says, for they love to praise from men more than praise from God. Insecurity will release something in your life. It will release fear. Fear is the release of insecurity. It will paralyze you. It'll cause you to operate in the flesh instead of the spirit. It corrupts you. It manipulates us. You start to become somebody you're not. And we end up becoming fake believers. God did not call us to be fake, but genuine. To be real. What you see is what you get. Do people get the real you? Because when we are fake believers, we have fake relationships. And nobody gets the real us. That is insecurity. So we have to have fake because we're really not authentic. I'm going to say something to you that is so powerful that I don't want you to forget what I'm about to say. The spirit of fear that is operating in your life right now is in proportion or it is the space between you and the fatherhood. Let me explain it like this. If God is standing there and I have an enormous amount of fear, the fear is in proportion to how close I am to the father. The more fear I have, the more anxiety I face, the further I am from the fatherhood. It says, perfect, help me, perfect love casts out all fear. The closer I am to Abba, the less fear I'm going to have. Show me your fear and I'll show you the space between you and Abba. Shout, I'm going to get free. When you receive the spirit of adoption, you will want and love the glory of God more than the glory of men. You will want to please the Father. You're not there to please man. You're there to please the Father. <laughs> Number two, what's another symptom? We'll go quickly. Is independence. Independence is a sign that you have orphanhood and you're walking in slavery. You know what the root of all independence is? Pride. I'll do it myself. I can handle it. You know what independence is? Independence is your pastors have a vision. And you're independent from them. You're divided in vision. You run to the beat of your own or you march to the beat of your own drum. They're going left, right, left, right. And you're going right, left, stop, pause. That is independence. Independence is, I'll do it my way. But that is not the dealings of the father. He sent a Moses so that he can lead them into a promised land. It was never the design of God for you and I to walk independently. Because if we're independent from our pastors, we're independent with God. Because if our pastors cannot touch it, God cannot touch it either. If you're going to give them a praise, I would do it right there. Say, God, set me free. You know what independence does? It's pride. It tells us things like, I can do this. And you know what it's called? Self-sufficiency. I have learned over the years that we can't do anything on our own. We need God more than ever. Not just on Sundays. I need him every moment of my life. 
I need him. I need him. I need the father to show me how to be a mom. I need the father to show me how to be a pastor. I need the father to show me how to walk my life. And when you are God dependent, you connect with the father. When you're God dependent, you connect with the father and with people. Impossible to say, oh, it's just me and God. No. Because when you're connected with the father, you connect with people. Because there's a love that is being poured out over your life with, by the father that you just want to give it out and love everybody. So when we have independence, we have pride. What is the root of independence? Pride. Look what it says in John 8.35. John 8.35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Can I give you another symptom? The first one is what? What is it? And what is the root of insecurity? Desire to please and not. What is the second Symptom I've given you. Independence. And what's the root of all independence? Good job. Good students. <laughs> Can I give you another one? Mysticism. What is mysticism? It is spir- spirituality without God. It's God talks to you and you become spiritual, but it really wasn't God. Because you're trying to portray something. And the root of all mysticism, shout mysticism. The root of mysticism is rejection. Have you ever met somebody who's mystical? (laughs) They're just a little strange. They have a prophecy for everything. God tells them everything. They're bathroom prophets. (laughs) And you're like, God didn't tell me that. I had somebody prophesy something over me after my husband's passing. And I thought, well, well, if God's going to tell me that, he will tell it to me directly. It's mysticism. And we have a lot of mysticism in the body of Christ. God is not complicated. He's a dad that wants to speak to us. We don't need to be mystical and pretend to be something that we're not. We don't have to pretend like God visited me last night. No. You don't have to be weird. Let's get the weirdness out of the church. Come on, give it to him with everything you got. We got to get it out. So when the believers come in, they don't go, they're weird. And then we forgot how to speak, didn't we? We start to speak a hallelujah, praise God, amen. And the new believers looking at you like, what? We forgot how to speak to a world that is lost because we have mysticism in our hearts. Could it be that mysticism is hiding in you? Can I give you one more? Number four is dissatisfaction. You're dissatisfied. Have you been dissatisfied with your life? Have you been dissatisfied with how your life has gone? You know what the root of all dissatisfaction is? The root is idolatry. There's an idol in your life. That's why when you feel dissatisfied with how your season went or how your life has gone and now you're disappointed, that's why you have made the promise an idol. You can make the promise an idol. 
You can, you can make a prophecy an idol. And you're seeking that more than the, the father. Dissatisfaction is saying, God, you're not enough. Father, you're not enough. But the Bible says that God is more than enough. So what happens to us is we start to seek pleasures outside of God. We seek pleasures outside of the father. But when we do that, it ruins us. It corrupts us. It doesn't satisfy us. And it contaminates us. Have you been dissatisfied with God? It's because you've been attacked in the paternity of the father. Because when you walk out your life through loss, through every season of darkness in your life, as a son, you look at your problems different. You know why your problem looks so big? Because you need to be restored to the father. When you are restored to the father, you look at trials and testings and deserts very differently. It's a university of preparation like Jesus when he went into a desert. You look at it as a time where God is building your faith through it. You look at it from a different perspective because the father's holding your hand. The father is hugging you. The father is saying, hey daughter, I've got you. Son, I've got you. This is only a test. Can I give you one more? The last one I'm going to give you is immaturity. Immaturity in the body of Christ is a sign that we need to be restored to the fatherhood again. That we are being attacked by religion. That we are being attacked by an orphanhood spirit. Shout immaturity. What is the root of immaturity? It is a lack of character. Your character has not been developed. It is immaturity. When you eat immature fruit, it makes you sick to your stomach. And sometimes we're making the world sick to their stomach. Because we are so immature that we refuse to put away our childish ways. And all of that. And the reason why we are immature and we have remained immature is because we refuse to go to a loving father. And tell him, God, I want you to mature me. Shout immaturity. Immaturity is you running from a process. Are you running from a process to overcome all immaturity? How many of you want to put away your immaturities? Come on. All of us have some area in our lives that just like, seriously, Patty, grow up. Immaturity. To overcome immaturity, you must live out every process of your life in the love of the Father. The love of the father as it enters, you can help it when you feel the father's love. Tears just roll down your face because you feel loved by a daddy. If you walk out that process in the father's love, I guarantee you, you come out on the other side mature. The reason why we remain immature is because we don't feel loved by the father. And that love needs to hit us again and again and again. So what does the enemy want you to do? The enemy wants you immature. The enemy wants your relationship with the father immature. He wants you immature mentally, immature spiritually, immature emotionally. And let me tell you something. Maturity and immaturity has nothing to do with you just coming to Jesus and you having 40 years in the Lord. Because I've seen people that just got saved and they're growing quicker than the one that has 20 years in the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, 
Paul said it to us as follows in Corinthians, first Corinthians. He said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away all that foolishness and childishness. Immaturity is an inner life, not an external life. Not your outer life. Your outer life is maturing. You look in the mirror and you see wrinkles. Oh, you're growing up. Let me tell you. You're growing up. But we declare we have no wrinkles in Jesus' name. (laughs) All the women are laughing. Listen to me. Externally, we're growing up. But internally, have you stayed a child? The way you think. The way you reason things. How do you see your problem? How do you see your circumstance? Have you reasoned like a child? Are you still speaking like one? Do you complain a lot? Children complain. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And what does a parent say? No, we got five more hours. (laughs) Right? Are we there yet? But that's how we sound as believers. Is a promise coming? Is a promise coming? But why God? But why God? You need the love of the Father to hit you again and again. And you need to break that distance so that you can understand that the Father is using it to prepare you and to equip you. And he loves you. And he's not left you. He's not forsaken you. His plan is right on time. Amen. Shout immaturity. Speaking like a child. The first thing that immaturity says, because I, I look at immaturity and you watch how people talk and immaturity sounds a lot like entitlement. Like if God owes us something. Like, you know what? I don't have to. I've already served God long enough. I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired. You sound entitled and that is pride. And you need the love of the Father to hit you. Shout out. I love you guys. I feel like I'm at home. Is that okay? Are we okay? I believe that God wants to restore you to him. This is not to condemn you. This is to free you from slavery and religion. And you can walk as a true son and a true daughter. So when you do go out, you will perform miracle signs and wonders. Not because of some wrong motive, but because the father loves you and wants to use you. Amen. So the first thing immature people do is, I don't have to. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I deserve a break. Ever said that? I just deserve a break. I deserve to listen to my flesh because after all, I've worked hard. But mature sons and mature daughters, we're consistent. You're consistent. You keep on. You press on. You persevere. You keep going. Even if it's hard and you fall and you get knocked down, but you get up again. And then you go to the father's love and then he refreshes you and then he touches you and he says, daughter, or he says, son, do it again. Get up. I, I, I will heal your wound. Do it again. Advance. Keep going, daughter. Keep going, son. I'm not, I'm not done with you. A son and a daughter persevere through every season, through every storm. They don't quit. They don't slow down. They don't lose momentum. They don't say one minute, I want to serve God and the next they don't. 
don't know they're in it. This is, this is a long, I'm going to finish well. I'm going to finish and end strong. That's what a son does. That's what a true daughter does. A son of the house and a daughter of the house is not entitled, doesn't feel entitled. You owe me because after all, I, no, 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 no. A true son, you don't owe me anything. Hey, pastor, how can I serve you? Hey, pastor, how can I, how can I be a benefit to you? I'm a son of the house. I'm a daughter of the house. Even if you don't give me anything, I'm a daughter of the house. I'm here to serve you. On the contrary, look how far I come. Had you not said yes. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. You know how you know you stepped out of sonship? Because you feel entitled. You think it's owed to you. It's not owed to us. When my husband went to be with the Lord and I had moments with God, I told him, honestly, because keep in mind, I've had this revelation since 16 years old. The first encounter I had with God was the fatherhood. And one occasion, I had an encounter, I felt like my hands went into his beard. It was so deep and it was so profound because I encountered his love. I ooze love. And you know, when I went through that loss, I looked at him and I said, you know what, Papa? I love you so much. You don't owe me anything. You don't even owe me an explanation. I owe you my life. One thing I do know is you're a good Papa. You've shown me that since 16 years old. And see, there was no fear of being alone or being alone at night. I wasn't afraid anymore. And when you have the Father's love, fear leaves you. Give Jesus a big praise. You know, the first time, I can't type, the first time that we hear the word Abba, you know where it's found? In the Garden of Gethsemane. By Jesus, who's going through agony. Drops of blood and sweat are coming down his forehead. Hemohidrosis. Because he's scared. Yes, your Savior was scared. Yes, your Savior felt agony. Because God never told you not to feel things. And you know what he says? He doesn't say almighty God. He says, Abba. Look at his relationship. Abba. And I've studied that word. And there's three different meanings to the word Abba. The first one is father. The second one is dad. And the third one is daddy. There's a difference between father, dad, and daddy. And some of you are at father. Some of you are at dad. And you need to come in to daddy. Father is the authority figure. Father is the authority figure that corrects us. That loves us and he just corrects us. Dad is the one that cheers us on. He's the one that is on the sideline saying, you got this, you, you can do it. Affirms us. But the daddy side to him. Is so close and so intimate. You break silence there. You feel so loved. You feel like you're the favorite child. Say I'm the favorite. 
Say, I'm coming into that today. That's daddy. You know, I heard a story of about, uh, about a couple who had adopted a little girl. True story. And they were a beautiful couple. And they wanted a baby so bad and they couldn't have a baby. So they went to the adoption agency and they adopted a little girl. And she was beautiful and they raised her up. And she grew. But that little girl would struggle to see them as her parents. And they would buy her everything, love on her. And they would say, but you're like our daughter. Mom would say, it's like you came out of my womb. You're my daughter. And he would say, you're my, you're my daughter. His father would say that to her. And you know what she would say? But my parents abandoned me. But my dad left me. And my mom left me. And you're really not my parents. And that little girl struggled to receive the paternity of those two parents. The adoption agency told me the following. There's two circles to a complete adoption. Two circles. Shout two circles. The first circle. The first circle. The parents must close. The parents have to feel like that is their child. But the second circle is the child's responsibility. Where they feel like they are their parents. And can you imagine what the father feels for us? Because the father, the father brought Jesus. And one of the reasons why Jesus came is to restore you to the father. He tore the veil so that there is no gap. And there is no space between you and Papa. And the first circle, he already closed it. You're his. You're his son. And you're his daughter. And he loves you. And if nobody accepts you, and if everybody abandoned you, he has not. But the second circle is our responsibility. Have you closed that circle? Or do you sometimes feel rejected? Or do you sometimes feel like God has maybe answered everybody else except you? This is a moment to break that spirit of orphanhood. Imagine what the father feels when we wrestle, when we resist. The circle closes two ways. I'm going to have to end here. But the circle will close two ways. You ready? You want to close the circle? Number one, you must walk in truth. What is the truth? And number two, you must walk in love. Love will close the circle. The love of the father. You see, this sonship, shout sonship, is so powerful. Because sons, hear me, look at me. Sons, yes, they feel things. But sons don't live by emotions. Religion does walk by emotions. Orphanhood walks by emotions. But not sons and not daughters. Sons and daughters, they don't walk by their emotions. They feel them. They process them in the presence of God like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. But sons, you know what they do? They feel the emotion, but they walk by truths. Jesus, his authority, his confidence came from that place. Sons, shout sons. The son has redefined success. Religion. Orphanhood has a different definition to success. You know what the definition of a true son and a true daughter is? Is to remain. 
Remain in his love. Remain in prayer. Remain. Yes, we're ending the fast, but you should make fasting a lifestyle. You remain in the path. You remain in faith. Orphanhood doesn't do that. Orphanhood is always looking at our capacity and our lack of what we cannot do. But sons, look at what he can do. An orphan. When you look at an orphan, an orphan or a slave mentality, they, success to them is to not fail, to look good in front of others. But a son recognizes their own flaws and says, God, I'm so sorry. You know, a son, in sonship, write this down, sonship will determine advancement of your life. How far you will go in life will be determined by the level of sonship and revelation that you have and the encounters that you have with the love of the Father. When you have the right revelation, it changes how you see everything. It changes your perspective of the fatherhood. And the strategy of the enemy is to always bring us religion and slavery and orphanhood because it's always working against the sonship. Orphanhood is a spirit that is constantly attacking us. There are so many more. But can I tell you today, I believe that God wants to break everything that has held on to you from the previous seasons. And that today you have an encounter with the Father. Can we do that today? I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to put your notes away. You see, something that I've learned in orphanhood. When I see a person that is operating through orphanhood. Is they're always looking at the dirt. But a son sees the treasure. Uh, an orphan is always looking at the bad, but a son looks at the good because they understand that the father is not the accuser of the brethren like the enemy is. He sees a treasure inside of you. You know, when the father looks at you, he's not looking at your dirt. He's not looking at your mishaps. He's not even looking at your failures. He's looking at you through the eyes of a father and a mercy. And he's saying, I know you didn't get it right last season, but this season you will get it right. Because I'm restoring you back to my love. And a true son doesn't operate through fear. A true son does, doesn't operate or move by fear. A slave operates through fear. You're afraid. Sonship. Can I give you one more? Sonship operates through responsibility. You have a responsibility to change. You own it. You say it's not anybody's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not pastor's fault. It's not the church. It's my fault. I need to get it right. That's a true son. But an orphan will point at everything else and make excuses as to why they can't be healed. As to why they cannot receive the full miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's so much to talk about. But I want you to have an encounter with the fatherhood. With every eye closed, let me ask you a question real quick. How many of you can say, I need to close some circles. How many of you can say there's a gap between me and the fatherhood? Because there's anxiety in my life. Because I see fear governing me sometimes. There's rejection. There's insecurities. There's fears. There's independence in my life. Who could be honest in this place and say, Lift up your hand all over this place and say, that's me. And I'm going to have to close some circles today. And I need an encounter with the Abba. I need to have the circle closed so I feel valued. And I feel loved that if I never do anything else again. But I have him and that's all I need. 
I'm going to do something. And I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I want you to embrace what I'm going to do for the next 10 minutes. Because this is how we break the spirit of orphanhood. We have to break the silence. Some of you have been silent with Abba. And I believe that there are going to be miracles here. I believe that dad is going to heal people in this place. I believe that there's going to be a freedom from slavery here today. So I want with a show of hands once more. If you say that's me. Can you do me a favor? Can you make your way up here really quick? And then close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And just lose yourself in that moment with him. And I want you to picture him right in front of you. If you're able to and you can come up forward. This is a special time. I live there so I can usher you there. I can take you there because I live with Papa. And I live with Abba. If you can make your way up here and you're comfortable doing so. If not, that's fine. You can stay in your chair as well. He manifests anywhere. I want you to close your eyes and lift your hand up. If you're making your way, come, 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 come. All the way up here to the front. And you say, I need any, I need to encounter Abba. I need to receive the spirit of adoption today. I need Abba to come. I, he's already done his part, but I need to do mine. If that is you. I want you to lift your hands up. See, an encounter and a deep presence. I have learned something from God. He's not keeping it from you. It's not for some and not for others. It's for everybody. But here's the difference. is the response in your life. And there's something that God will never deny. is the cry of a person. Remember I told you about the orphanage. And there were about 50 cribs. And the children stopped crying out. Because they thought they weren't being heard. And I feel in my spirit that there's a lot of you like that. You feel like you're not being heard. And you've prayed the same prayer. And you feel like you're not heard. And you stop crying out. But God is bringing the cry again. And there's something that God will never do. He will never deny you. A cry. The Bible says that he went to Moses. And he said, Moses, I heard the cry of my people. And that's why I'm here. After 400 years... There was no cry because Israel never entered into the fullness of the paternity and the fatherhood. Yes, he is almighty. But today, you know what? More than praying for your miracle, I want you to cry out for Abba. Sometimes it is a deep cry, Abba. Sometimes men are uncomfortable with it because they didn't have a relationship with their daddy on earth. Sometimes women are uncomfortable with it because they were abused by a male figure. And we're uncomfortable doing it. But that's why Jesus came. He came to restore you to that father. So that you can know that you are not an orphan. You are not abandoned. You're loved by a daddy that loves you. You do have a daddy. You do have a daddy. You do have a daddy. You are not fatherless. You do have a daddy that wants to encounter you with his love. And that love can go as deep as you want it. Because he will never deny, number one, your cry. And number two, he will never deny your desperation for it. When you get desperate enough to receive the spirit of adoption, it comes on you and it wells up on the deep. And you just start to weep because you feel his love. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.